G'day. Everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. Go down the side here, speed on again. And the leader, Boss Bandit, in the centre from a wall out wider, including pushing up in the centre, Camarosa and Bubble Baths maintained a good position on the fence. And then Ghetto's run up behind them as well. So they flatten in and Ghetto went right past Bubble Bath. Emirati Pride's out. And also letting rip is Boss Bandit, Ghetto, Emirati Pride and Boss Bandit on the inside. Ghetto, another one for Rappo. Ghetto's going to win along the inside from either Emirati, Pride or Boss Bandit. Let's say good morning to Tony Clements. How are you, Tony? Good, thank you, Steve. Welcome along to Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab as we round up all of the country news. And as you heard Dan Thomas say there on the weekend at Wondoan, another one for Apo. Yes, Brad Apo back in the saddle after a number of years uh, on the retirement list and basically breaking straight back in with winners there on the weekend, including taking out the Battle of the Bush qualifier with Diggity for trainer Tom Maloney. And another three pieces of the Battle of the Bush puzzle fell into place on the weekend with Diggity winning at Wondoan, Mr Larrabee at Gladstone and there's a bear in there taking out the Clong Curry qualifier. We're also keeping a very close watch on the Outback Racing Showcase Series and Grand Palazzo taking out the Tambo Cup on Saturday won the latest leg of that. We've got lots of news and lots of guests coming up on the show today. Helping us out as always is Rob Luck. G'day Rob. Yeah, good morning Tony. Good morning uh, listeners. A little bit cooler this morning as I sit in Brisbane and as you said Tony, Brad Apo back in the saddle. We like to feature all the up and coming young jockeys and young trainers coming through but it's also great to see jockeys like Brad uh, with that and Malaya Hill who we've had on the show Tony with the train being the trainer of Ghetto, the ex-Phil Cole runner having its first win for the stable in four starts. That's uh, really good to see uh, Brad there and the, uh, the jigsaw puzzle of the Battle of the Bush with Diggity and Tom Maloney taking that win. Now, Tony, I'm really enjoying this this way the Battle of the Bush is starting to fall into place because, you know, we've got the combination of sand tracks, grass track, tracks, but because of the history of the Battle of the Bush going back to 2019, then it's starting to get uh, repeat performers coming in and Diggity's one of those. You're starting to get defenders of titles uh, with it as well. It's getting a real history behind it. And Diggity comes into it with win number nine now and uh, qualifies over a good horse in Menindi that's also taken part in a country stampede final. So there's a real history and class factor coming to play now behind the runners in the Battle of the Bush. And Diggity came off a 8th of 16 in 2020 in the Stampede final. Uh, and this win came after his fifth in the Nanango heat behind rolling with the flow. So he's a real proven performer. And uh, congratulations, Tom Maloney and uh, Brad Apo, getting him into the final, uh, having won at the distance of 1,200 as well. And also, Tony, isn't it great to hear young race callers coming through? Dan Thomas uh, calling that meeting out at Wandoan. Yeah, it was Wando and Cup Day on Saturday. Uh, that uh, Battle of the Bush qualifier was the one that was rescheduled after the washout at Jandawi going back to the middle of May. And I think we've been very, very lucky, Rob, with the way the, the weather gods have been fairly kind to the Battle of the Bush qualifiers. We've only had that one that had to be rescheduled and great that it was be able to add it to a feature day like Wando and Cup Day. And the Cup going to Apprentice Lily Barr aboard the Mark Goodwin train Bushido. Yeah, and Lily Barr and Brad Apo are the two jockeys having the um, the wins on the day. 
uh, with that feature win of Bushido. And uh, also another little record coming through that particular meeting. Uh, better than ready, sired the first winner, Remlat's last for Craig Smith, who was out at uh, Tambo on the weekend, and Gabby Salmon's kicking it home. But uh, better than ready is the first stallion in Queensland to achieve $10 million in prize money in one season. The first to do so. Wow. Congratulations uh, to Lindhurst, where Better Than Ready stands. So Remlatz last by Better Than Ready, a three-year-old filly, uh, helped in that honour, and it had come off a Morven win at its last start as a maiden win. It's good to see the Queensland breeding come through in the first three races because you've got Elusive Eagle, Barry Shepherd, and Lily, Lily Barr, uh, that was one of Lily's uh, wins, of course, Bushido being the feature on the Wandoan Cup when it defeated Miss Cinnamon Cider and Laurie. But uh, they didn't have the success uh, with Fitzroy Boy, as they'd hoped, in the Battle of the Bush final, but they did with Elusive Eagle, the sidestep for Telemon Stud. Three wins, two placings. It's uh, run five runs since February. And then Tom Dougal got the cutest money with Lay Girls uh, with Jacob Goldham. This is the spirit of boom to wrap up the Queensland uh, breeding in those first three races. So uh, really good to see. Diggity, he stepped up from being a stampede finalist now to a Battle of the Bush finalist. Uh, great to hear Dan Thomas out there calling at Wandoan. And congratulations, Lily Barr, getting the feature win in the Wandoan Cup and getting a double along with comeback jockey Brad Apo, Tony. 14 legs down and two to go in the Battle of the Bush for 2023. We're off to Bowen this weekend. And uh, then the last leg will be on the grass track of the Outback at Bark and coming up on the 10th of June before the uh, final, of course, at uh, Eagle Farm on uh, Tats Tiara Day. And that is going to be June 24. We'll talk more uh, about the uh, upcoming final of the Battle of the Bush uh, in the show today when another of our guests join us to have a look at what happened with There's a Bear in There winning at Cloncurry on the weekend. Watch, he's going to have a bit of a, an in-depth look at the Battle of the Bush qualifiers for us. But first up, let's have a look at what happened at Gladstone on Saturday. Caramello is going to come to the turn first. Leading the way with Shoguru Mahogany. He's still there. Back along the inside, Lieutenant. Going to be followed further back in the field then by going around them was Mr Larrabee. Lieutenant's losing ground now, followed by Wanda. Up to the turn they go and up along the inside, Spindal was just in front. On the outside, Isis Caramello is trying hard. Mr Larrabee is coming into it as well. Mr Larrabee is going up to Isis Caramello. They're settling down to fight it out. Isis Caramello the inside, Mr Larrabee the outside. Mr Larrabee got the money. Mr Larrabee wins from Isis Caramello, probably Spindle third, followed then by the next horse. Mr Larrabee taking out the uh, Bruce Cattle Company 2023 Battle of the Bush Gladstone qualifier at Ferguson Park on Saturday. Jay Doolan riding for John Manselman, defeating Isis Caramella by a half a length. And the two of them gap the rest of the field about another five lengths away before you got back to Spindle and Wanda running third and fourth respectively. Those dulcet tones belong, of course, to uh, Tony McMahon, who is with us on Bushbeat this week to have a look back at what happened at Gladstone Saturday. G'day, Tony. Uh, g'day to you, Tony. Yeah, very good uh, Good meeting down there on Saturday. It always is at Gladstone. Big turn-up, big crowd. Very happy atmosphere down there. They're, they're wonderful people who run that club. Yeah, welcome again to Bushbeat, uh, Tony. Good to hear, have you back. And, hey, look, Johnny Mansman's got two of these runners in the Battle of the Bush already, Golden Athena and Mr Larrabee, and he's got one waiting in the wings in Cochrane that was a second-place getter in a heat. But Mr Larrabee, a really interesting runner to me because he, 
He's always had plenty of ability since with joining the stable, a smart missile, but he does have a habit of missing the kick. And I noticed he was slow away again, but nowhere near as bad. And Jay Doolan was able to maintain a wide path, particularly on that sand surface, and uh, basically kept sweeping around the outside and, and kicked home for a win. What were your thoughts on the win and going forward, Battle of the Bush um, final? Uh, does he have a key role to play in such a final? Well, he'd certainly have to be uh, some sort of chance without knowing uh, the full extent of the opposition, but he always showed promises. So originally was Stuart Kendrick. He won his second start at the Sunshine Coast back in April 21. He won there again in September 21. He ran some uh, pretty good races in some strong company races. He ran fourth at Eagle Farm one day in a, in a uh, three-year-old handicap there behind Sweet Margaret May. And uh, then he went to Paul Shaler uh, and he, he even raced at Brandwick. But uh, John Mansell has done a good job with him. The tough horse, uh, Rob, like the week before on the 20, uh, 20th of May, he raced at Mareeba. Just done a quick calculation. So the 20th of May to the 27th of Gladstone, Mackay up to Mareeba, Mareeba back to Mackay, Mackay down to Gladstone. The horse car travelled uh, 2,440 kilometres in a week. So he's a tough fella. Uh, the win was good. I was particularly happy for Jade Doolan. It was the first, uh, I think, first day riding. I'm sure it's the first day riding at Gladstone. So that was really good. And uh, it's lovely to see that Jade's now got a provincial licence. She rode at Rockhampton the day before. And uh, she's also, of course, as you know, she's ridden at Warnerville. So she, she's widely travelled. But uh, she uh, really has a good job. And I noticed her giving some advice to a couple, uh, one young apprentice uh, girl down there too. So uh, she's good for racing, Jade Doolan. And Mr Larrabee, to answer your question, you know, I think he'd have to have some sort of chance because he has raced in the metropolitan area previously. And as I alluded to, he ran a very good fourth at Eagle Farm there one day in a strong three-year-old handicap race. Yeah, um, it's a good rundown on his form. And, and that run up at Mareeba, he's only a half-length off it, missed the start again that day and uh, really stormed home. So if he can just improve that jump away, I really think he's that sort of smoky in the in the race. But look, Tony, there were some really interesting things came out of this meeting with uh, comeback jockeys like Gemma Steele, but as well the two Hannahs, and particularly for Hannah Phillips. Uh, this was her first win back. Uh, at the races after resuming a career in January this year. She'd been out of the saddle with injury from June. Wasn't it great to see her get that win on Crispy Kev for Lee Keenan in the first um, there at Gladstone? Look, she's a delightful young lady, Hannah Phillips. Uh, I walked into the race course. The first person, person to say hello was uh, Hannah. Uh, look, I'm not being derogatory in any way to, to jockeys or anyone, but she has a golden personality that comes out of a way to talk to you, whereas quite a few of the others, let's just say, We'll, we'll say they're shy, but Hannah Phillips never changes. <laughs> she always comes and speaks to you. She speaks uh, your language and is always interested in you. She asked me a few things about some of the horses I used to train. And I was delighted when she won. And it's great to see her. I just wish a lot of other jockeys, I'll say it, would uh, take a role model from her and, and get out there and talk to people. So, yeah, yeah I was... Crispy Kev, uh, raced by the Weenets and the Kernan family. They, they're fabulous supporters. I mean, David uh, Weenet and his wife and, and son, they virtually, uh, with a few other lovely people, the Thompsons family, they, they put their life and soul, I suppose you could say, the expression in the glass and racing. Great to see them win with Crispy Kev, trained by Lee Kernan, their, their great friend, and did very well to beat, as you said, uh, Gemma Steele's mount, uh, done it again. And Jay Dillon on the Shiny Rebel, that was the, the first race, the uh, benchmark 60. And, of course, Gemma Steele's always been a very good rider. Uh, weights caught, caught up with her a little bit, which uh, steadied her career. But she was uh, back in the winning circle on Awesome Spirit in the Benchmark 50, trained by Damien Rodout. He's got a good strike rate, Damien, from Pangdil. He 
takes his horses around the plates and they're always fit. And this horse uh, won extremely well. And one of the other winners I was pleased to see, um, he's always floating around the place, Adam Spinks. Very good rider. Uh, probably doesn't get the opportunity he deserves. Uh, he comes up and quite often rides outside us and uh, never complains. He won on Grand Ascent for Angela Stevens. Uh, now, I know she may be listening. Angela Stevens' mum is a lady called Margaret Garland, who's one of the true characters of racing. Her husband, Jack Garland, trained Leroy's Magic and uh, Gobu were some very, very good horses here. And Jack celebrated his 90th birthday the other day. I was fortunate enough to go to his uh, luncheon with my wife, Jean, and Margaret was in hospital. So uh, all the very best to you, Margaret. And while we're on the hospital, our boys, Alan Clark, has had an operation in Brisbane, and uh, he too is recovering. Unfortunately, uh, on our way up to Mackay all the years, I called her, I used to stop at um, Camilla and get a caramel tart, and Alan loved them too, but he won't be having any more caramel tarts. So I, I know he's widely known out your way, Rob, so best wishes to, uh, to Alan Clark. Yeah, good on you, Tony, because we know Clarky well and he's going through the same operation that I had. So uh, if you're listening, Alan, do what they tell you and you'll bounce back better than ever. Um, but isn't it good to see the young jockeys coming through? You had a newcomer there uh, who, uh, in that first race with Hannah Phillips, uh, she'll certainly learn a lot from the two Hannahs. I must man- mention that Hannah Richardson finished off the program with Marley and for Kim Afford, but uh, young jockey and Nikki Olzard had her first riding day. No success on the first day, but it's probably good to, if you finish last at your first ride, it can, things can only get better as you go down the uh, the path of a career. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way of putting it, Rob. Um, a, lot of, a lot of these trainers and jockeys, you know, they have success straight away. And I remember one fellow, I won't mention his name, a trainer some years ago, he just started off with a golden run, about three winners out of his first six starters, and said, how long was this going on for? I said, yeah, you wait and see. He didn't get another winner for about another two years. So, yeah, uh, I think it's great. Nikki Olzard, she's got a very good promising future. She's with Adrian Coombe, so she's been uh, well-groomed, well-taught the, uh, the role, and... Uh, won't take a long to ride a winner. We're very fortunate at the moment at Rockhampton. There's about two or three other young lasses who aren't far off getting their jockeys briefs. And, of course, we've got uh, Brooke Johnson and Aaron Malloy. They've already uh, coming through, and they're doing well. And I must mention, too, Talia Fenlon, down with Chris Muntz, rode a winner at um, Ipswich last Saturday. So, yeah, it's, it's all looking pretty good as far as the, the riders in Rockhampton. It was, it was in a bad shape not long ago, but we've got a couple of new ones. Warwick, sadly, by Jimmy Eakenride. Uh, a former Kiwi. Um, remember Nigel Landers, who I'm sad to say passed away in New Zealand last week, uh, sent me a text a few months ago and said, the Warwick Sadley's coming over to Rockhampton. He can ride and he really can. He's going to make a big name for himself up here, Warwick. And uh, another young fellow called Damien Doulet, he, uh, he's lobbed here too. So we've got a few new ones on the, on the ground, which is great. As always, Tony, you've got all the information coming through um, from central Queensland and... Uh, Where's your next meeting that you uh, head to, behind the binoculars? Yeah, thank you for asking. got a busy month. Uh, we've got um, Nuremberg on the 10th of, uh, 10th of June. Now, they're paying $200 a jockey to go out there, so they'll get plenty. Each jockey gets $200, $50 for all unplaced starters. That's Nuremberg on the, uh, the 10th. Sunday, the uh, 18th of June, we're going to Springshaw for the St. Patrick's Day meeting, which was uh, wiped out earlier in the year. So hopefully that'll be a success. And back to Gladstone on the 24th of June, so... Uh, yeah, it's going to be a busy month for the old fella. Well, good luck, good travels. Uh, happy horses, as uh, a very uh, wise man often says to us, and we'll catch up with you soon. <laughs> Lovely to talk to you both. Thank you very much. For-
Good on you, Tony. Tony McMahon there looking back at Glats on the weekend, which is a nice little segue, Rob, to have a look at what is happening on the calendar on the week ahead. As Tony said, uh, that replacement meeting, uh, I had jotted that down for Springshaw St. Patrick's Day Race Club. Um, that's their replacement meeting from uh, where they uh, weren't able to go ahead uh, earlier in the year. So, yes, that's coming up on the 18th of June. But this coming Saturday, as I mentioned, the last uh, of the uh, Battle of the Bush qualifiers for the Leichhardt region will be at Bowen. There's Outback Racing Showcase Heats at Longreach and Mount Isa, the last two heats of that series, and we'll talk about that when we catch up with all of the news for Ta- Tambo Cup Day soon, and also racing on Saturday for Gundawindi and Kunnamulla. That's besides the tab circuit this week after Townsville today. Gatton race Thursday with that meeting transferred from Ipswich, Rockhampton on Friday. Saturday, it's Toowoomba and Cairns, and the next leg of the uh, Magic Millions Far North Queensland Rob Kosh Memorial Up-and-Coming Stayers Series to be raced at Cannon Park. Uh, Kilcoy race on Sunday. It's Kilcoy Cup Day, as well as the two- and three-year-old fillies lining up in the precinct of Kilcoy, Fangul racing next Monday with a tab program and Dolby are on next Tuesday at Bunyan Park. So plenty happening at the racetracks around the countryside in the week ahead, but we're still looking back at what happened last Saturday and the third of the Battle of the Bush qualifiers was Clon Curry. There's a bear in there towards the 400 metres. Leads a neat length on Fabra, who travels well. The Brotherhood's out wider. Teddy Mercury just felt for by Ballard as LaForce keeps railing up on the inside. Louis the Legend drops out and Meteorano swings in last. There's a bear in there. Kicks off the corner. 2.25 to go. LaForce, Favre, the Brotherhood run on. It's still, there's a bear in there. Here comes Favre down the outside. There's a bear in there. LaForce on the fence. There's a bear there's a bear in there for James Baker and Justin Borden taking out the Clong Curry qualifier. I always want to continue on with the song, Rob, and say <laughs> on the chair as well. But Andrew Watts did a beautiful job there of uh, adding something out of the play school opening credits to include a ticket for Brisbane uh, for There's a Bear in There. And Wattsy's with us this week on Bushbeat. G'day, Wattsy. G'day, Tony. G'day, Robin. A bit of a, a tongue twister as well to get it out a couple of times through the race, but it's been a bit of a story, this horse, since Justin Borden picked it up at the start of the year. And, uh, Rob, I know you've been talking about this horse a fair bit. It's a winner. Well, he's won. Good morning to you, uh, Andrew. He's won four of his last five. I like the fact he's also won 950 to 1200. Uh, he's a Carrara, so he should have speed about him, and he, he uh, showed that with the... Uh, the leading win, he's had six runs for Justin, four wins and two placings. So he's got form provincial too, what's he, with uh, Cairns and Townsville in his background, and he backed up from last week. I, I have an in, uh, uh, interesting thing about him. He's two from two at this track, so the track suits him down to the ground. But when you come to Battle of the Bush, it's so hard to to make the adjustments and make the comparisons with dirt tracks, sand track, grass tracks. But wouldn't it be great if we can get the bear? There's a bear in there to the final because the Northwest is so far away as we know, and in the past not had the full representation. But with Han Dynasty winning at Mount Isa, I got a feeling Billy Johnson will be going. Uh, any idea with Justin Borden and there's a bear in there? Will they head to Brisbane? Well, I think they were going back to the round table to have a bit of a discussion after Saturday. Um, the initial thoughts were yes, uh, and hopefully they they do go with that. Um, It'd be, yeah, as you said, it, it's great to see all the regions uh, represented in Brisbane, and we've we've had a couple of instances with the Country Cups Challenge, the Stampede, and of course the Battle of the Bush, where uh, both the Northwest and the Far North have sort of 
um, opted not to go. And, you know, the cost involved in getting there, uh, we know it's... Um, it's pretty costly to, to drive down the road and, and the, probably the float rebate uh, doesn't match the distance. But anyway, as we know, the Battle of the Bush and those concepts are a work in progress. But with the Bear in there winning four of its last five, there should be a little bit of money in the tin. So hopefully uh, they do go down that way. It was a great ride by Jamie Baker on Saturday. Um, assessed the pace of the race beautifully and um, had enough up his sleeve to beat Force, who's um, look ready for 1,400 now off that run. He hit a bit of a flat spot at the 400 and um, finished off nicely. Favre as well uh, was a good run. I see he's in the nominations for the Mount Isa Cup on Saturday. The favourite, the Brotherhood, um, might appear disappointing on face value but when you go back through the form he was jumping out of benchmark 45s and 50s uh, up to open company so uh, a horse with upside the brotherhood will watch as the year progresses it was a day of doubles at Cloncurry double to Donatius Smith in the riding ranks and also uh, to Jason Bavarovich, who got a double. Um, we start the day off with Bella the Hunter, who was a really good winner for Sean Roy's and Donatius. That was the first of his winning double. Uh, jumped clearly last, but um, rounded up the early leader, high zero uh, for Tanya Parry and Dan Ballard to win by a short half head. Explosive girl, a stable mate for the winner, uh, finished in third, beaten some three lengths. Now, not many meetings go past in the northwest without a, a D Ballard winner, whether it be Denise or Dan. Well, they combined with positive tension in race two for a really impressive win. Uh, led throughout to beat Time for Peace, who uh, is very close to a win for Damien Finner and David Sparks. And not another Reby for Jay Morris and Denisha Smith. Uh, got a pass mark there in third. Bit of Blue uh, was the second leg of Denisha Smith's winning double. This one for Tanya Parry, a maiden uh, having its third start. It's done the rounds, this horse, but it might have found its home in the northwest. Uh, it was a good winner. It was slowly away and um, finished off well. One of the few winners to come from uh, back in the field on the day. Uh, defeated Nana Bax, who loomed as a winner at the 150, but just petered on its run for Sean Royce and Jamie Baker. And Colonel Von Trapp uh, will be winning a maiden soon. On pace, ran third for Kerry Crow and Jason. Bavarovich. The cutest money went off and Barra had a smile from ear to ear after the Cloncurry tyre, <clears throat> pardon me, and Battery's cutest benchmark 55. Mercy Girl, now this is a nice filly, a nice mare. She jumps beautifully. Um, she's on pace. It's all, it ticks all the boxes for um, bush racing, particularly on dirt, taking all those equations out of, um, out of, the, out of the road. Uh, beat Far Reaching, uh, who was good in second for Tanya Parry and Dan Ballard. The favourite <clears throat> looked to be tracking into it nicely, but Mercy Girl had a beautiful kick off the camber and uh, came away to win. And Specific Journey, the stable mate of the winner, <clears throat> finished in third for Mel Berry and Denisha Smith. And the other winner, well, we had to wait for race six for nearly the story of the day. An old snippy strategic lining up for start 103 for Kerry Crow and Jason Mabarovich. It's fair to say Snippy hasn't reached uh, his best form this preparation, but out to the mile was able to dictate and it was a great Jason Bavarovich ride to hold on uh, by just 0.1 of a length over Albert the Rocket and Justin uh, and sorry uh, for Justin Borden and Jamie Baker and uh, Ackhurst was a good run the grey in third for Lee Bowker a uh, new trainer to the northwest stabled in Hewenden and David Sparks um, the jockey there only a length and a half uh, covering the first four runners uh, as we know lucky these mile races we don't see a lot and I know there was uh, an 1800 at Tambo over the weekend uh, but these low-grade miles, they can they can uh, bring up some really good racing. 
Yeah, definitely, Andrew, and uh, really good to see Snippy get that win. He loves leading, and Barra certainly has a great relationship with him and trainer Kerry Crow. And, uh, yeah, as you said, uh, the, the horses in form out of that meeting definitely have got to be There's a Bear in there and Mersey Girls. So we certainly hope to see There's a Bear in there go to the Battle of the Bush. And just very quickly, in terms of the trainer and jockey premiership, of course, these regions do play a big role in determining these premierships. And Billy Johnson has just got a two-point lead now. He's 36 wins over Tanya Parry on 34 and John Mansman 28. Robbie Farr's extended the lead, 37 over 30 to Tyler Leslight. And Dan Ballard coming up to 29 after that meeting there. Uh, but before we look towards the other series of the moment, and that's the Outback Showcase uh, series, Andrew, um, your thoughts so far in terms of the Battle of the Bush? I, I've mentioned earlier in the show that I like the notion we've got horses that have been there, done that, they're coming back, but we're also getting a range of newcomers coming through. You, you've got the horses like Messini and Hard Stride that have taken wins so far, but you've got new horses on the scene. Uh, such as Media Award, Rolling with the Flow, Art by Concord. Um, they're up against the season, Darwinichi, etc. What are your thoughts on what you're seeing with the Battle of the Bush final taking shape? Um, well, I've got five of the winners highlighted in front of me, and thanks to Cole Truscott for forwarding me uh, through <laughs> the up-to-date information. Uh, out of the runners-up, I think Isis Camilla is probably the one that I think they'll be desperately trying to qualify. I reckon we'll see that pop up at Bar Calden in the final heat. Uh, so far, uh, it, it really is dependent on, upon barrier draws, isn't it? Mm-hmm. because you can be out in 16 and, and it, it takes a lot of um, your chance away. I've got Massini lined, uh, the first winner uh, highlighted. I think uh, it's had a little bit of a spell now, probably been able to have a good preparation uh, towards the final. Uh, it's been there and done that. Look, I really like Nick the Skip as well, basically because he's so versatile. But again, um, as we saw on Saturday at Tambo with Nick, if he's got a poor barrier i think it probably rules him out i mean if we saw him draw uh six seven or eight or or lower um he'd probably be able to get in one off the running line or 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 behind the leader or something and and get a nice trail um he sort of probably won't have the speed i think for an outside alley to get that um that good run but nick's definitely in my um numbers awanichi was good to see him have a really good spell prior to that first up win at emerald um He's he's another versatile horse. He's another horse that's um, in that top echelon of bush sprinters. Mr. Larrabee could really add a dimension to this final. Uh, I know he's a, a naughty character at the barriers and um, has a few tricks up his sleeve, but if, if the real Mr. Larrabee uh, lines up, he's a real player. But my top selection at the moment, uh, lads, is definitely out by Concord. He's a horse on the way up, uh, trained by Craig Smith out of Roma, who knows how to win uh, big races. Again, um, we saw him get out to the mile in the Barcaldon Tree Knowledge Cup, but I don't think that's his go. I think a strong 1,200 at, at, um, in the city, I think he could be the one finishing off. But again, um, that's all depends on barriers. Yeah, it's, it's still early days, but we're, it's a bit of a worry for our listeners because we're both uh, heading towards Art by Concord, I think. Once it, it was <laughs> fairly impressive, and I like the way... I like what I saw him coming back from the uh, Tree of Knowledge, uh, back to these, the versatility shown there. But I've, I've also got, you know, like Han Dynasty is an interesting horse, but I think he, he's probably more the sand track, dirt track horse, and that makes it interesting again when they hit the grass. I, I've got a big um, query of him at the 1,200 as well, Rob. I think um, he's a really good 1,000, 1,100. 
1,200 at the top level could see um, it could be a bit, really of, testy a bit problematic. Yeah. Yep. But I wouldn't put a line through a media award at this stage because one thing about this horse, once he hits winning form, he tends to maintain it. And I can still remember him so impressive on Longreach Cup Day, I think it was last year, leading all the way in a really good class field. And, uh, look, again, barriers play the part. But you're quite right, I think, Mr Larrabee. And the one that I think also will sneak in the field one day has got a win in it is Cochrane, if it can get a draw. But... um, We'll come back to it as we get the final field in a, a couple of weeks' time. But great to have your thoughts. And, uh, you know, we might be changing, but up by Concord, I think, yes, I'm agreeing with you. But there's another meeting. Stay with us, Watsy, because this okay. is your area, the Central West, and uh, another meeting with another showcase uh, heat. In fact, the Mount Inner and Tambo Cup on the weekend was a heat of the Outback Racing Showcase Series. Over the 1,400 and possibly produced the most informed and progressive horse in the Central West with the win of Grand Palazzo. Ancient Echoes travelling quite well. Heroism on its outside. Uh, Legend of Zorro far getting busy as uh, on its outside. Grand Palazzo moves up and Nick the Skip is tacking onto the back of that runner. Heroism there and Cosy Can Can coming out with uh, Grand Palazzo. But White Tackery, he loves sand surfaces and he's gone to the front and shot a length in front of Legend of Zorro. Ancient Echo, Grand Palazzo now putting in the big bounds. The mayor is coming quickly over the top. Grand Palazzo moves up, takes the Tambo Cup for 2023. Gets it on White Tackery, probably because he can can for third. Uh, Legend of Zorro, then we go back. As Rob said in the call, White Tackery loves the sand. He's got a great record at Bassett Park at Roma and out there at Tambo on the weekend. It almost looked like another cup was going to be sitting up on the uh, the mantelpiece, Rob, but Grand Palazzo, under the steering of uh, Matty Gray, able to uh, storm home over the top. Yeah, and Tony Schofield, the team going so well, as we had a couple of weeks ago, six winners over two tracks. What a versatile mare, five-year-old by all too hard, won a last three. She'd never won over the 1,400. She ticked that box. I remember at Barcourt, and I don't think she'd run over 1,200. She ticked that box. She's now won 1,000 to 1,600. And Waitakere, certainly I'll be looking at him at the Roma Cup coming down uh, the uh, the path there is Cosy Can Can won the race last year. Another one of the Tony Schofield team in great form. Andrew um, Grand Palazzo, it's really come not not come out of the blue because the the ability's always been there. But Tony Schofield has really got her in form at the moment. Yeah, look, if, if you go back to the um, last meeting in the Central West last December. Um, at Bar called and Grand Palazzo got out to the mile and, and albeit off a very hot pace, she broke the track record um, there on the grass surface, um, running sort of the same sort of times as Echo Point in years gone by. So we know the abilities there and uh, look, she's going great guns. Um, I made comment to a few people that I do rate her in the top couple of horses in the Central West at the moment um, and, and a horse with so much versatility I know there's thoughts of maybe dropping back to the 1200 for a Battle of the Bush Heat um, in Barcald and I know that's a throw at the stumps but if you're looking forward to the back end of the year um, she's going to be a real player in uh, so many of these uh, cup races um, and, and being able to, to run her in that sort of uh, 1,200 to 1,600 um, scope is, is a real plus. Um, and isn't Matty Gray riding well? Um, coming back from that uh, serious injury layoff, uh, teamed up with Team Schofield. And, um, look, Matty Gray, one of the good guys. It's, it's fantastic to see him riding winners as well. 
Yeah, great, great ride on the day. And uh, Tony indicated after the race, Grand Palazzo heads to the Battle of the Bush Heat at Bar Calden, and that will be the first priority. Uh, if not getting a win there, will be the Outback Showcase uh, final that she'll aim towards. But I really want to thank you for going to Cloncurry on the weekend, mate, because you got me <laughs> off the reserve bench again. And it was such an emotional day at Tambo because here's a club that lost their club secretary in Billy Rogers, been there around 40 years, and just was nice to be able to go back to an area I know well and know Billy so well. Uh, what's he? He's one of the first guys to make sure we as callers even had a headset we could actually call from. Someone jokingly said, well, we won't say where Billy would have attained it from or anything like that. <laughs> he had a way of making things work for the club. The club is missing him severely, but there's a new committee going into place. And uh, Andrew, Andrew Turnbull and the team did a fantastic job on the weekend. And just look at a couple of things out of the results. The Bill, uh, Bill Rogers um, Memorial Golden Classic, uh, the cutest time-honoured race on the program, was a big result for Rapids for Billy Johnson and Robbie Farr, the Medaglia Dioro, getting up over Electric Spirit and Gasman. It was such a fitting uh, finish to that as the first running of for Bill Rogers. But go to the last race on the program, and I don't think there were a dry eye in the crowd because Portobello for Mark Oates and Tessa Townsend came into an 1,800-metre race. It was the Turnbull family benchmark 60 handicap. It was over 1,800. The filly or the mare had only placed at 1,600. It was in the colours that Billy Rogers had always been part owner of Portobello. His two granddaughters have taken over his share, along with uh, Andrew Turnbull, uh, the club president and the sponsor of the race. And for Tessa Townsend, jumped from the outside barrier. She led all the way and just fought them off. Isn't it amazing on a race course when you've got a day like that that you get the result where the gods are smiling for her to get up over package. I was astounded that she ran the 1800, but boy, when I was calling the race, I kept thinking, I'm on, come on, girl, come on, keep going, keep going. It was the perfect result. Yeah, an absolute 11 out of 10 ride for Tess as well. For, for a mare that does struggle, I honestly, in my opinion, believe past that 1400, um, to be able to just get that three quarter in for the first four to 600 and then just slowly click up, uh, through the race. It was just an outstanding ride. And, um, talking to trainer Marco yesterday, Tess jokingly said, I had another 600 in there. Um, <laughs> but it was just the ride. It was just a perfect ride. And, and Marco, it's another one, uh, as you said, um, Rob, not the not the emotional type usually Oatsy, but uh, he said it was it was very emotional, very fitting, and, and being able to win the race for the family on a special day, a significant day at the home track, um, sponsored by the Turnbull family as well, it ticked all the boxes and, and a good win. And that was the second leg of Mark's double as well. Uh, Parkburn won earlier in the day, uh, Tess in the saddle there, and this is a horse. Lucky, I reckon we might see him pop up in that bar called and Battle of the Bush Heat. And if he draws nicely, oh, I think he's a chance too. He's really been a fine for the Oats Stable. Yep, it, it was a good win over a good mare and Winnabar on the way up. And Mr. Cruz, an informed sprinter, and of course our boy Forster coming down with Highland Eagle. I thought that was an impressive win for the Air Force Blue, being in the money at its last five runs in the Class B. But a wonderful day at Tambo and uh, loved every minute of being out there and the drive out there and absolutely fantastic to have you on again this morning, mate, with covering Cloncurry and uh, Tambo. We'll look forward to catching up down the track when we do get those barrier draws and final acceptances for Battle of the Bush. 
Thanks, mate. Have you got your uh, Refidex ready for Kalamala Sunday? Have you, have you planned it. your route? <laughs> I've sent out messages to Tony Clements and Brett Moody for the best way to get to Kalamala. <laughs> well, Looking when you get there. When you get there, um, a great committee out at Cunnamulla and uh, the best smoko for the race callers anywhere in Queensland. <laughs> oh, it's a big call. <laughs> First table I'll head to. <laughs> Thanks, lads. Good on you, Watsy. Rob, the Outback Racing Showcase Series, as I said before, five legs down, two to go. The last two legs uh, this Saturday at Longreach and Mount Isa before then the final of that series will be the McKinlay Cup coming up on June 24. Uh, with that race at Tampa on the weekend, no change to the points tally. It's still uh, Danawi in front on 22 points, Zumarata on 18, Caffrey on 15, and then Doom and Louis the Legend, 14 points apiece as we then head to, as I say, uh, Longreach and Mad Eyes are on the weekend. And just quickly, um, great story from Jordan Gerrans on Racing Queensland about Mad Eyes, a race club, thinking outside the square. And for the second year in a row, um, they're auctioning off a horse on the eve of the Cup coming up on Friday night. They've purchased the former Freeman runner, uh, formerly trained by Anthony and Sam Freeman, Cuban Affair. And it's going to be auctioned off at a special function on Friday night. And the whole idea of this is to attract new owners into the racing region. Uh, it may well be trained by somebody in Mount Isa, like the Ballards or uh, club president Jay Morris, who's been looking after Cuban affairs since he got to town. But it's up to the new owners to decide where they want to place it. If they want to put it with another trainer somewhere else, that's entirely up to them. But it's another great idea that, uh, as we've often said on Bushbeat, these wonderful ideas from country race clubs that can be shared around, to do something like that just a little bit outside the square and might be something that other clubs might want to investigate. And importantly, Tony, it's the second time they've done it, and I'm pretty sure I just can't think of the horse off the top of my head, but... They had a good winning run with it um, when it uh, continued on with the stable. So well done, Mount Isa. And, yeah, let's uh, keep sharing those ideas. And let's not forget the far north as Innisfail raced on uh, the weekend with shared honours across the board. Good win by caressing Rupert two from two in the far north and the cutest money or going off with Rachel Shred and Charlie Hoffman uh, in the Class 1. Hero's choice for Kayla Russell and Rebecca Wilson took the other cutest maiden uh, race on the program. Uh, Macedon Fly, Daryl Paradise and Nari Nelson, two wins from its last three. Here's another scissor kick. Uh, by the way, um, that winner that I was talking about, Portobell, is by scissor kick. Here's one in far north Queensland, of course, Giga Kick. He's no longer in the country, scissor kick, but he's getting winners left, right and centre. Uh, Alexandra Margaret for Trevor and Peter Rowe and Masayuki Abe, the Marazara filly, uh, took the Class B. Avatia for Mark Dale and Morgan Butler. Good to see Morgan Butler getting out to uh, different regions up there in the far north. Uh, defeated Rough Cut Jewel, uh, Jewel in the uh, fifth on the program. And the final event, very consistent horse. Colin Batty for Matthew Maguire and Graham Cleesey. Two wins, three seconds. It's last five. So it's a horse in form up there as well. But, Tony, there was just some outstanding results. And I certainly, from a personal point of view, um, I'll always remember that Tambo meeting for that fairy tale ending to the day and uh, a great little town, Tambo, and they're doing great things. And, and the good thing is that it was announced at the end of the, uh, the day um, by the council there that there will be a new uh, stand and it will be the Bill Rogers Memorial Stand in future place there on the racetrack. So fitting memory for uh, Billy Rogers there at Tambo. But that was a wonderful yeah, weekend of racing to report on.
Lovely to uh, hear that news come through. Don't Despair was that horse you were trying to think of that Mount Isa auctioned yes. off last year. One, one first up for its new owners, Julia Creek, and had a couple more starts before uh, injury concerns forced the retirement. But, yeah, there was some success for that, and they may well have uh, similar success with Cuban Affair coming up on Friday night. Well, we'll look forward to all those results. I've got another drive coming up, and then I get a bit of a rest uh, probably for a few weeks uh, going out mm-hmm. to Cunnamulla. Really looking forward to that. And that's Smoko now, by the way. Um, but we'll be back. Just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au with any great news of country racing. Back next week, Tony. Good morning to you. Good morning, listeners. Good on you, Rob. And our thanks, as always, to Rob Luck, uh, Andrew Watts and Tony McMahon for joining us with the news on Bushbeat this week. Good luck to the clubs racing this coming Saturday, the non-tab meetings at uh, Cunnamulla and Gundawindi. The Outback Racing Showcase heats at Longreach and Mount Isa. And the next of the Battle of the Bush qualifiers at Bowen as the last couple of pieces are ready of the puzzle are ready to fall into place leading up to the final at Eagle Farm in June. That's Bushbeat for another week. As always, the podcast replay is available through the Radio Tab podcast page on Megaphone. Link on that. That will be up on Twitter at Radio Tab Oz later in the day, as well as up on the Regional Cast Facebook page. And we'll look forward to catching up with you again next Tuesday on Bushbeat.